Hello and welcome to the Pioneer Pigskin Podcast Season 2. Season 2. Look at that. We, we, we wrote the pilot. We went to the studios. We went to the TV stations. We went to the networks. We said, hey, we got to get a grant of rights deal done. Like, yep. uh, will you have us back yeah. this year? The rest and of Hollywood is on strike. But here yeah. in Salt Lake, we are fully in business. And we're taking all business inquiries and, and offers right now. We're ready to to, to push as many products and, and uh, offerings as we can. Well, first off, to my great guest, Austin Facer, congrats to you. We've we've been renewed for season two in large part Amazing. due to you. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't need to tell anybody that anybody can do a podcast. I think that's secrets out of the bag, but you know, that's that is great news. Yes, it is great news that we are here for season two. You are listening to this probably around three to four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, the first day after the college football slate is done. It will not always be this way because uh, Austin, I, I don't want to take away Austin's afternoons and it's just easier frankly to do it in the morning after so next week i think we're gonna get up and unlike last year austin i feel like we'll do like a more reasonable time maybe in oh maybe, thank god maybe we'll push up half an hour maybe we'll say 9 30 is is, oh, what, is 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 what you we were shoot. killing me last year so that's great news yeah. is is what we shoot for so 9 30 is when we'll be recording these hopefully they'll be up by the time football sunday starts you can listen to it throughout the week we have football football was played uh, that's that's pretty cool huh austin it's really cool yeah this is a uh really crazy weekend um i i mean i i think pretty we bad most... honestly well i mean I, I i think bad maybe in terms of like uh you know competitive the, advantage the, 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 the deck definitely you know got shuffled for a lot of teams right but i i, I think like in terms of like storylines um i mean i don't know what's what what a what's bigger than colorado's win over tcu i can't think of like a bigger week one storyline maybe since michigan appalachian state so um i don't know i i, I think you know Deion sanders definitely set the sporting world on fire and i think I think college football is fun again. I think there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, we will get to that uh, maybe towards the end of this podcast now that I am no longer in a uh, radio booth until uh, 1 to 2 a.m. on Saturdays. And I have free time on Saturdays to watch sports that are not in the state of Utah. We will be Mm -hmm. expanding our coverage to a little bit more nationally. Obviously, there's far too much to talk about to cover it all, but I figured each week, maybe at the end, we'll just do like one take that we have from the weekend. Let's begin, though, with last night's barn burner. Absolute, mm, yeah. uh, absolute instant classic. BYU 14, Sam Houston nothing. And I guess we got, I mean, we're fair and honest analysts here, correct, Austin? Absolutely. Like, yep. That that that's one thing about us is we've got journalistic integrity. We're not we're not homers. We're we're Utah fans, but mm-hmm. um, let's let's just uh, say it like how it is. Congratulations, BYU. You, you have a defense. There there is uh, a, there is a defense in Provo, so I guess all problems fixed. BYU, you're going to win eight games. Mm-hmm. everything's fine they have a defense am i am i right austin yeah you totally are yeah byu has has so much going for him i i think um man a, a 14-0 win over sam houston state really really revs my engines really really gets me you know revved up for for a fun year of byu football but i mean of course we're kidding um like you know, obviously great that, you know, the defense pitched a shutout. I think that's something we spoke about at length about how, you know, concerned the OU fans should be considering how bad the defense was last year. The offense, though, was just absolutely tepid. And, again, I think this is something that we also saw coming. We talked, we spoke at length about, you know, how unexcited we were about Keaton Slovis taking over at quarterback, and I think we kind of saw why. Yeah, Keaton Slovis, I, I tweeted this out last night, did real really bad job at beating the um the mid allegations. Really just mm-hmm. a real really bad job at doing that. Um 
20 of 33, but had some really terrible missed throws. And uh, on, on several plays that could have been really big, he underthrew the ball. I'm thinking about that play in the third quarter. Uh, he averaged 4.4 air yards a pass. That is just absolutely unbelie- unbelievable. Uh, what? Okay, don't. I hope you're not looking at the box score yet, Austin. I, I, I not assume, yet. I, I assume you're not. What do you think Keaton Slovis's QBR was last night? I'm gonna guess it's in the 60s. Way off. 26. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, which one's the one? There's QBR, and then there's like, isn't what's what's the other stat that's like kind of the same thing? Oh, it's uh. No, I know what you're talking about, but it's blanking. And I, I honestly, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I'm blanking okay. on that one. I might have been thinking of that one. Yeah. Um, could... Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I, mean I, I I think, like, there. I don't know a lot about Keaton Slovis other than, you know, what could be done on a cursory Wikipedia, you know, um, article about him. But I, it, it's, he's had a pretty miraculous drop off. Like, I, it's, it was funny to me to look back at, like, clips of his when he was, like, the quarterback at USC, he was, you know, Pac-12 freshman of the year. And then he was uh, first team all Pac-12 in 2020. And at one point he was in the same conversation as guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And now he's leading a mediocre BYU offense. I think it, I think there's, there's an interesting story there, but you know, I, I think if, if you're, if you're BYU, I think you should really be on upset alert, especially when you look down, you know, at your, your next opponent, Southern Utah, who played, uh, you know, Arizona State pretty tough this week, forced them into three turnovers. And, you know, I mean, does that spell trouble? I, I think it could. I think I would be less than confident about how BYU will, will respond and, and, and play in, in week two. Yeah, I will say – I'm whole I'm reserving judgment on on the offense because they did not have Cody Epps, which that's a huge loss. That's basically your number one wide receiver. And then they didn't have their number two wide receiver, who is that is escaping my mind right now, his name that I'm looking for frantically. Who was their number two wide receiver? Because you look at the box score here. And and I I was listening to the post game too, and and they mentioned that neither been played. But I mean, your leading receivers are Darius Lassiter and Chase Roberts. Like Cody Epps did not play in this game. He he was a big part of this offense last year. And damn it, Austin, I hate it when this happens to me. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry. I, like I, I know the names. Like I I've been looking at BYU's roster. All freaking summer. Listen, listen. And you I, were so bored by the uh, by the game. I, I I think you texted me around like the middle of the third quarter. Like, dude, I I can't take this anymore. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm, I'm, it was I'm checking. Brutal. I'm checking out. It was brutal. It was like watching paint dry, Austin. I couldn't believe how bad the offense looked. I really didn't think. I just respect Aaron Roderick a ton, and I really didn't think he was capable of putting out an offense that looked like that. But maybe it's just his quarterback because, dude, I swear to you, Keaton Slovis's favorite play is throwing, like, a flat to his running back that immediately gets gobbled up by, like, two inside linebackers. Like, that's his favorite throw to make. He did that, Well, like... I mean, throwing it down the field is scary when, you're, when you've lost all your confidence. You used to be good, and you throw it down the field, and something horrific could happen. Yeah, no Keanu Hill. That was that was the other guy that didn't play last night. So I get it. Not having your top two wide receivers that hurts. But I mean Isaac Rex, who is one of the most lauded players in this state, sometimes had two receptions for fifteen yards. That's just not good enough. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't truly understand. What happened? If I were a Cougar fan, I would be a little concerned. I don't think you can fully pull out the panic card quite yet because it's just game one and like there's room for improvement. But man, I, you 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 really did not like to see what you saw from Keaton Slovis. I thought he was terrible. 
Uh, one thing to keep an eye on is for running back room because LJ mm-hmm. Martin, man, oh my God, this kid is great. 5.7 yards of carry. He really added a spark when BYU needed a second scoring drive to put him away. Basically, LJ Martin did all the work. He ran about 60 yards on that drive and Keaton Slovis snuck it in for a rushing touchdown. LJ Martin, freshman, they really loved his camp. It sounded like in the postgame, Kalani was pretty noncommittal about giving him the starting role moving forward. I think they're hoping Aiden Robbins, uh, who is still a very good player and showed a, a, a few flashes in this game, but just wasn't having his best night, um, really takes a step up and uses Martin as motivation to get back and part of the running game. But the running game has to be a big part of the game plan moving forward because I, I don't know about the passing game. The passing game is tough to watch, but rushing, they, they still could. It looks like they could still do it. I thought the I thought the offensive line for BYU looked pretty good. No sacks given up. They they did allow some pressures, but everyone, you know, looked pretty good. Uh as far as, as that went, but yeah, just concerns on the offense. I do think we have to give some, some shout outs to the defense though. Um, and just defensive players that balled out, which I, I made a few notes on, on a few players that did Austin, but we were, we were very critical of this group last year. Max Tooley, what a night, nine tackles just all over the field. Very, very, very good. Ben Bywater, another fantastic night, nine tackles, Jacob Robinson, oh my God, this kid at corner, he is a technician. I am a big fan of him. He had two picks. I do think they're going to be okay at corner. I had questions going into the season, but he played well. The transfers contributed, A.J. Vongpachong, with five tackles. Now, they still only had one sack, but they had seven tackles for loss, I believe, six. And they held Sam Houston to about 200 yards. So that that's pretty positive going forward. And I, I think it's safe to say that Jay Hill was probably a pretty good football coach hire. Yeah, I mean, those are I I, I completely agree with you. Like, those are all great points. Um, but I mean, I'm just I'm not going to get past the fact that this was. A, a very narrow win over Sam Houston State, a team that went five and four last year. In what con- I don't even know what conference are they like? Um, they like in the. You're the, asking the wrong guy, dude. I, I think they're no in the. Clue. I don't even know what what division their conference they play in. I'll be. I'm looking at their their schedule for from last year, and their conference um, record is zero and zero. So I have no clue what what conference they're in. And I know that destroys our credibility as college football insiders, but I mean, it was gone a long time ago. (laughs) Hey, this is mostly for our sake. Right. But, um, I mean, you you look, you look down the schedule and like, they're, they're playing Arkansas, they're playing Kansas, TCU. Yes. They, they obviously were the, the most notable losers of the weekend. Um, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, like BYU can't put an offense on the field like the one we saw last night and expect to be competitive with these teams. You know, it it it, it won't matter how how good the defense is. Oh, they stymied Sam Houston to zero points. Yeah, I every team in the Big Ten should or in the Big Twelve, excuse me, should be doing that. So. They need to score. They need to find ways to score, and they needed they needed to show some potency against what should have been a much lesser opponent, and they didn't. And I think that's that's a huge red flag. I don't know if I go that far, to be honest with you, Austin. I think we're going to disagree on this. I think that there's a chance that this was just week one without your two best wide receivers, and. It's all gonna be fine because he, you know, Keaton Slovis cannot be this bad. Like, let, let, let's see. Okay, I I know we're in the the highly reactive world of of sports media, 
especially being outsiders, we're even more reactive because, you know, we know much less not doing the day-to-day reporting. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I think that this is – there are a lot of issues that need to be resolved quickly. And guys are going to get more and more banged up as the season progresses. I mean, yeah, are they're – I can't imagine the team is just going to get healthier as they advance into stiffer competition and, and later into the year. I mean, is this as healthy as a team possibly can be in, in week one? For the most part, I would think so. I just, I want to give it time. I want to give it time. Yeah. That, that's my that's big fair. take. That's my big takeaway this year, actually, Austin. That's that's the thing I want to improve on. You know, as you said, we're not really doing this for any other reason than ourselves. But I, I just want to, I want to grow as an analyst this year. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be Eric, the, I don't want to be the, What I'm really I, hearing is that you want to grow as a person, and I think that's great. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be the overreaction guy anymore. Being the overreaction guy is very fun. Don't get me wrong, but like, mm-hmm. let's. Let's give Keaton Slovis like three games, and then let's okay. and then let's say we were right. He's garbage and middling, but mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not quite there quite yet. But I did not like what I saw, uh, week one. Then let's talk about the Utah State game. I have so I have like almost nothing to say about that because wonderful um, didn't watch that much of it. Um, I know Iowa scored on their second play of the game. Um, I, I, I saw it and I went, oh, so this is. This is how it's going to go. Utah State, though, to their credit, did play pretty well from there on out. They um, defense, held... defense came to play great. after the first quarter. Yeah, I think they held. Uh, I think Iowa went up 14-0 after the first. And then, uh, you know, if you're measuring the last three quarters, Utah State outscored them uh, 24 to – or excuse me, my math's wrong, 10 to 14 um, in the last three quarters. So I think that there's a lot of pauses. But – there was a post-game quote. I don't know if you saw this. Um, no. It was in the, the uh, Associated Press game story that I thought was pretty funny. The the Iowa receiver, the one who caught the the touchdown pass in, on the, the first series of the game, said, quote, they weren't doing anything. We were stopping ourselves. So they gave Utah State no credit for their performance on defense. I thought that was uh, – I, I hadn't really heard anybody say, say something like that in a post-game. Usually you hear people say, like, no, give them the credit. They played well. Iowa was like, no, these guys suck. They, we just played bad today. That's that's why the score was what it was. Um, so I thought that was somewhat funny and humorous. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll, to, to your point, we'll find out more as the season progresses. But it, on the surface, it looks, it looks like a pretty good defensive performance by Utah State. So maybe – you could edify me and our audience by delving into that a little bit more because from the Iowa perspective, I thought that was kind of funny. They said these guys suck. So, yeah. Um, I mean, number one, just putting this out there, you know, I'm a guy that likes to gamble from time to time. What oh, a way dude. to, what a way to start week one, Utah state plus 23 and a half easiest oh. bet. Hammer easiest that bet. they cover easy cover bet of my life. It started. It started at plus twenty five. So Vegas did realize. Oh, that's a pretty huge number for Iowa. Mm-hmm. D- give me a break. Iowa is not beating anyone this year by more than ten points. Like that's just not happening. Iowa's still Can Iowa. I, while while we're talking about betting, I I hit um Colorado plus two hundred at halftime, and yeah, I was like, I did that felt I, good. I hit Colorado plus 200 at halftime as well. I saw that from you via mm-hmm. tweet and took that. Yep. So thank you very much, bro. We ride. You're welcome. Um, listen, I thought the defense was excellent. Robert Alford, dude. Oh, I, just bad news. Scott Gerard seems to think that he had a pretty serious knee injury, might be out for the season. That really hurts the defense a lot. We'll see how things end up. Really unfortunate day for Michael Amwanyu, who was very good after he totally just whiffed on a double move and slipped and fell for the early deep shot Iowa passing touchdown. I do owe the corners some some respect and some apologies. I do think they'll be good enough to hang with Mountain West opponents. They were pretty much able to shut down the Iowa Hawkeyes. MJ Tafisi had an absolutely incredible day all over the place. Again, just I think the best 
one of the better defensive players. And then, I mean, Ike Larson has another pump block, like light work. He is the best player on the defense. He is potentially a high NFL draft pick. He was all over the place and very, very good. I'm excited to continue to watch Ike Larson. Overall, I liked the defense, dude. I know that it's 24 points to Iowa. I get that. But they played pretty well after the first quarter. They kind of took everything out of Iowa's hands and, and kind of shut stuff down. Kay McNamara did not have a good day after the first quarter. It, 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 it was a good day and a win, I think, for the Utah State defense that I think next week against Idaho State has a chance to absolutely lock them down. I mean, I I think they will take care of their FCS opponent next week. Does it all concern you that, um, and this is sort of the same realm as BYU's matchup with Southern Utah next week, does it all concern you that Iowa State played uh, San Diego State pretty tough this last week? Uh, I, I mean, I don't think I, – I, I think through two weeks we've seen – for San Diego State because they played week zero, we've seen that San Diego State doesn't have an offense. So I'm not I'm not too concerned by that. San Diego I, State should be really good at football if you think about it. But they're not. Yeah. They barely beat Ohio and they yeah. lost to uh, Idaho State. So I, 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 I'm not – I was kind of high on them going into the year too, but at Mountain West wise, I was, I was not a fan. Listen, I got to give, you, you know, me, I'm the biggest Cooper Lega hater in the world. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got to give a man some credit. It does look like he has progressed as a passer. He made some really pretty throws, including about a 30 yard seam route to Terrell Vaughn's. I thought he, he looked pretty good. 32 of 48. That's not terrible. He still has some plays where he misses throws, but hey, any quarterback's going to have that. I I am really, Utah State's the, the game I'm excited for next week outside of you. I'm always going to be most excited for Utah. I'm a Utah fan, but like I am pretty excited to see what this offense looks like against, uh, against Idaho State because I think they've got like some pretty decent players. Jalen Royals had a terrible drop but other than that a pretty nice day five receptions for 39 yards um Terrell Vaughn was all over the place had 12 catches for 93 yards and a touchdown I think they look like they have some guys that are going to be able to make plays and I think when we get to Mountain West play and things open up and they're able to run their stuff I think they're going to be a very entertaining attack to watch week in and week out. The one thing that was really interesting to me was how they ended up giving touches to the running backs. Robert Briggs, who I thought was going to be the no doubt bell cow back for this attack, just did not get the ball at all. Uh, Rasul Faison was their leading back, followed by Devon Booth. That's something to keep an eye on early. Robert Briggs, I think, is an electrifying player. And he, he did get some work in the passing game with three receptions. But, man, it, it was interesting to me that he didn't get played a lot. But this was just a case of, you know, G5 versus P5, Austin. That's really what it came down to. Like, Iowa's defense, just bigger, faster, stronger. Like, you're not yeah. going to – like, you're not going to – like, you can't really – the seam route was, like – one of the only deep throws of the day because you can't really hold up in protection against an Iowa pass rush with G5 offensive linemen. And when you try to run kind of the, the, the gamer, like slip screens and stuff like that, these guys still get paid because they buy NIL because they tackle in the open field and they get there fast. And that's just the way Iowa is. So I think for what it was, Utah State, hung in there but best they could but we won't really know anything about them until next week i think when 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 we see someone kind of more towards towards their level so uh but yeah i mean it very good that they hung in there at iowa i mean it is only a 10 point loss it's not like they got blown out so i thought i thought it was a solid start to the year and you know 
nothing lost. I mean, you're you're still you're still in contention for a Mountain West title. Nothing really matters until Mountain West play. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see the next two weeks because I think they'll tell us a lot. Idaho State Air Force both will be games I will be watching. Uh, it, it I'm excited to see both those games, especially Air Force, who did not look as good as I thought they might this year. Yes, they still run the option at Air Force. Yeah, they still still run the option. Yep, they still run the option. But but it's a little bit more advanced. There is some passing involved. So Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of Air Force, of the service academies. They're my favorite to watch. Uh, So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But, man, the schedule still – the schedule looks pretty nice. And they avoid – they play Fresno State, which that'll be a tough one. But – Man, they they avoid Wyoming, who might be the best team in the conference. So I, I feel like yeah, that was a big win by Wyoming last week. So yeah, good for the, it, that, good for the that, boys. It was a big win by Wyoming as well, dude. I got to catch up on Mountain West scores, but I watched the end of that Texas Tech Wyoming game. I thought Texas mm-hmm. Tech was going to stomp them, but man, Andrew Peasley, former Utah State player, very 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 good and a bad M effort. Good, uh, very fun quarterback to watch. I plan on watching a lot of Wyoming this year, which honestly made me think of something. Let's have, would you like to have Mm. an in real life conversation on the podcast here right now, Austin? Um, I think we could, I think that'd be fine. Yeah. I'm open to that. So I've been thinking like a big goal of mine this year, not working in the radio stuff anymore is I'd like to try to get to some in-person college football games. Oh, you want to go to Laramie? Yeah, Um, dude. I'm going to, uh, if, I think if, we should if pick if you're if you're next. I think we should pick you know, a weekend in Wyoming. Mouth is an invitation for me to go to Laramie. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna uh, say I'll be there. I'll but, be there in spirit with you. But it'd be, be fun, dude. Come on, does it? Doesn't it seem fun? A, a whole weekend in Laramie? No, not a whole weekend. I mean, Let's we go. go to, we we drive up on a sat. We pick a night oh, game. Jesus. We drive up on a Saturday morning. We see you the know, game. I heard so many horror stories from my dad about drives to Laramie. And I know, but dude, just, if we uh, do it in October, the weather will be uh, good. Like in October. Eric, you're out of your mind, dude. No, let's go to – I will go to see – let's go to San Diego State. I will go there with you. I will go to America's finest city with you. But, yeah, you're you're, – yeah, I am sorry, Eric. That's just – for me, that's asking a lot. It was was just a thought. It was just a thought. I think – you know, you know know what I've heard are very fun game day atmospheres, though? I've heard the games at – uh montana are very good yeah yeah i have some family that lives up there it might i i i'm i'm for some reason more open to that oh dude that's a miserable drive though that's like 10 that's like almost 10 hours to drive from here i'm not gonna drive no we wouldn't drive oh no dude gotta drive gotta be a college football road trip you know Mm -hmm. gotta gotta get in if we pod in the car i guess that could be funny but (laughs) Uh, All right, we we can discuss this more, Eric. Let, 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 can, we, can we talk about the Utah game, the game that people actually cared about? Yeah, yeah, Utah. Uh, lead us off, dude. I don't know how to cover. I don't know how to cover this. Listen, uh, a lot of Utah fans on on Twitter being like, "Man, media is being mean to us." Like, just just, just to set the stage, Utah twenty four to eleven win over Florida. Go for yeah. it. Get in there. Yeah. Everyone, you know, I get it. I think two things can be true. I think this can be considered one of the best wins of the Kyle Whittingham era easily. And an example of why Utah is now one of the powers in college football on the West Coast. I also think it can be a cautionary tale of, man, the offense disappeared in the second half. And if you don't have a run game, that's going to be a, a pretty big problem if you don't have Cam Rising and Brand Keith. So I think both those things can be true. But I, I, I'm going to agree with you in this sense. I think it, I think it's really good for Utah's brand that they beat a team that um, had the University of Florida branding on it, that they had the Gator 
you know, word word script on the on the helmets. They were wearing the orange. They're wearing the blue. They're wearing white. Um, I saw a ton of people from Florida walking around downtown Salt Lake City. Even this weekend, I saw a lot of people who had made a trip out of being in Salt Lake. They said they wanted to get out of the weather in Florida. I think they're also having a hurricane down there, so um, they might have been forced to stay for a few days. But um, so I think in that sense, it's it's great for Utah to be on the map beating teams like that that have that national cachet. So in that sense, I think that that it, it was a step forward for for Utah. I also think you're correct in your other assessments that there are some things that need to get shored up. Um, I think they need to find like the right rhythm when they want to go with Barnes, when they want to go with Johnson. It seems like they might have to do that again uh, this week against Baylor. And I it look it, like I I think that when I I would have to look at the play by play, um. But it seemed to me just by watching the game, when they went and when they played series where they had both those guys in, maybe like, you know, Johnson taking the first two snaps, and then on the obvious third down passing situation they brought in Barnes. I don't think that was effective. I think they were more effective when they kept the same guy in for the length of the series. And I, I, I don't know why that is. I don't have any, like, reason to, to like, you know, speculate on why that might have been the case. But I think the, 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 they need to find that right cadence. The good news is Baylor is not good. Baylor um, probably had one of the worst losses of the weekend um, in a 42-31 to 31 loss at home to Texas State, a team that was uh, picked to finish 10th in the Sun Belt. Um, so, you know, I, I think, I think it's, it's another opportunity for Utah to grab another win on a national stage in, in a part of the country where they'll be recruiting a lot. They'll recruiting in, in the, in the Texas area will be even more of a focus when they advance into the big 12, but they're really just beating a bad team with a, with a recognizable logo. And that's, I think that'll be the case, you know, in week one and two for Utah. Yeah, and uh, turns out this uh, this morning, actually, some of the quotes from Dave Aranda seems to think that Baylor's starting quarterback might have torn his MCL. So that that's another thing they've got going for them. My other big takeaway from this, dude, is Junior Tafuna, Connor O'Toole did not play. Uh, Utah still had five sacks. This pass rush, oh my God, it is going to be an absolute nightmare for every Pac-12 team that plays them this year. I know it's a quarterback league, but they do just have no doubt the best defense. I don't care what you want to say about Oregon state. Utah has the best defense in the pack 12. Logan Fano is a beast. He is going to continue to be a beast. I cannot wait to see what he's like in one or two years because he looks like he has the speed and agility to be a first round NFL pass rushing talent. Jonah Ellis was a beast, got in there, two sacks, four tackles. And everyone was like, man, what, what's the secondary going to look like? Are they really going to be it? I thought mm-hmm. the best player on Utah's defense. I know what you're going to say, and I totally agree. Was your Travis Broaden. I thought no, he, no, 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 no. I, no, that's not. No, what I, sorry. I, Sione, I know. I, I thought Vaki was awesome. I Not only did he get the interception, I thought he was, I thought he was, incredible in those splits packages i thought he was all over the field i my my game ball was going to go to Stioni baki not only for you know the one interception but i thought he was terrific at other other aspects of the game as well yeah i think that's totally fair but man travis broughton was very very good uh gave up one bad play i'll give him that but he, he he was very good he had several he had a pass defense he had several tackles he was playing really good coverage. Florida wasn't really able to pass the ball much until it really got to garbage time. And I I thought the secondary held up, and I mean, Cole Bishop is just a beast. There's, like, really Mm -hmm. no other way around that. Looked like he got hurt for a little bit, but I think he's fine. He came back in. That's all my takeaways on Utah, to be honest with you. I thought Bryson Barnes, I guess, uh, here's the thing I should say. Apologies to Bryson Barnes because that first play was electric and awesome. And I know they were never able to replicate it. 
And I get that that's a fair criticism, but I did not even think Bryson Barnes had that throw in him. It was a little underthrown, but I didn't really think he had that kind of play in him. Going back to what you said earlier, Austin, I don't think Nate Johnson is going to see a lot of the field. I mean, considering the fact that he almost turned the ball over twice when mm-hmm. uh, when he was playing, like you could see one of those times the camera kind of panned over to the sideline and you can see Kyle Whittingham have his aneurysm and be like, oh, yes. like, what yes. are we about to, like, stop doing that? I, I I do not think Kyle Whittingham even lets him sniff the field in this Baylor game, uh, personally. I think it's going to be all Bryson Barnes. The thing that concerns me is, dude, what is up with Brant Keithy? Like, he... No one knows. Like, no Cam, one knows. Like, Cam Rising, that makes sense. He tore his ACL in December, in January. Brant Keithy tore his ACL in October. He should have been good to go for this game. If he's not, that's a big concern. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a physical therapist, Eric, but I mean, does it have something to do with the fact that he's a bigger guy? He weighs more. There's more sort of Im- more like impact, more stress on on the knees. Is is that it? I I think maybe. Uh, is it like the the sort of tackles that? Like a, a wider, like that, a tight end or like a, someone who catches the ball, like they, they just see contact differently. It, I think maybe it could be a combination of those things. But yeah, you're right. I think it's, it is interesting that there's, I mean, for all the talk we've had about Cam Rising, for all the talk we've seen in the media, um, we should have that conversation more about Brant Keithy, who for most of his career has been one of the best tight ends in the country. And I don't, I mean, does anyone, yeah, you make a great point. Does anyone know why he's not ready? Does anyone know what his progression is? We know we sort of have like a, a new Cam Rising report every day, but we we don't have that same reporting on Brand Keithy. Yeah, feels like it's been very, very quiet on him. Also, just generally concerning that, again, it doesn't really look like they have a passing attack. Money Parks have that good play but like that was pretty much it let me just read out the number of receptions that uh utah had um in total 15 uh money parks one mikey matthews four mickey i'm not even gonna try with the last name one thomas yasmin three devon vele two mike they need more from those last two guys that's that's just as the the guys who are sort of the leaders on the team that, that like right I get now. I get the game plan was not to throw the football but like still you need to have one receiving target that can at least catch between five and eight balls yeah and it doesn't look like they have that which I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you who my most sorry let, let me finish your thought there and let you I'll let you finish your thought there and then I'll tell you who I thought the most disappointing player in the play, in the game was. No, I, I didn't have much more to say other than they I, I like they better hope Cam Rising is healthy or they better hope that like the running game works. That was yes. dude, again to me. Jaquindon was... Jackson to me, like I I think has a lot of explaining to do because I I think you know for for all for how excited we were to, at the end of the year when he transitioned from quarterback to to um running back, he played well in the, the conference championship game decently well in the Rose Bowl. I think, you know, Jaquinn Jackson was really expected to sort of be the 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 champion of that group. And I, he was abysmal. He was looking at his line. I mean, only five carries, but it's just completely ineffective being held to just 15 yards. Um, you know, we also were so big on Jalen Glover a year ago as sort of this lauded um, freshman from from Florida. He only had four. He was even worse. He had four carries for six yards for an average of one and a half yards per carry. Uh, that ain't gonna. That ain't gonna be good enough to, if they want to sort of dictate the pace. You know that we know their defense can play incredibly well, but the offense has to give those guys time, time to rest and you know keep them on their heels. Give you know give everybody the 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 more Utah can dictate the the tempo of the game, the better they're going to be, especially when they're playing opponents that are either at their level or better. And a lot of that that's so contingent on 
as you you said, you know, uh, an effective passing attack where you have a guy who can be that possession receiver, get the five, eight receptions a game and a guy, and find a, a running back who can average at least four yards of carry. And they didn't get that. I'm just going to say this, though. Like, you, you can say that all you want, but, like, there was nowhere to run. Like, I thought the offensive line, yes, the pass protection held up. That was good. But if you look at the run plays that they had success on, it was the edge. Like, they got where they had success was running around the edge. They could not open anything up down the middle. Florida's defensive line was the best part of their team. To me, that was the only place where I was like, oh, okay, this is SEC talent. Like the SEC mm-hmm. defensive line, I think, manhandled the Pac-12 offensive line in the run game. And I think that was a big case, a, a big reason for this. And I know that that for- Baylor's got a good defensive line as well, but I do think there's going to be more in the running game next week. I really do. I think once Utah gets settled in, offensively they they always struggle offensively early is the other thing like I think once they get to pack 12 play they're going to be able to run the ball but Baylor's going to be another good test because you got to be able to open up holes up the middle that Jaquindon Jackson can hit because most of the night he was running into stacked boxes and that was also just part of a Florida game plan was Florida came in and just said we are not going to allow you to run the ball like please let your pig farm, like the pig farmer will have to beat us. Like Mm -hmm. that, that was the plan. And if Florida wasn't hilariously badly coached and also bad on offense, I think it might've worked, but they were. It's it's interesting to know outside of that 70 yard pass um, to start the game. um Bryson Barnes only threw for 89 yards if you take if you take that pass out of the equation. So and that, that would have been eleven for seventeen, which is not bad, but again, only yeah, I mean I mean Utah is capable of so much more, but still good win. It's a great win over uh, a good logo, a recognizable logo. Here's here's what I, I think is like the most exciting thing to me. And we talked about this a little bit with Brian a couple weeks ago and we were sort of thinking talking about what to expect. Uh, Utah special teams is back oh, in yeah. a big way. That kicker's I, pretty damn Cole, good. Cole, Cole, Cole Becker's awesome. It was funny, you know, uh, I think it was Herb Street was saying right when they were about to kick the ball off to Florida, uh, Cole Becker, he's he's a hell of a, a, a kickoff specialist. This one's going out of the end zone, and he kicked it to like the three yard line. Um, you know, obviously worked out just fine but I, th- I believe the rest of his kickoffs went for touchbacks um but you know he he absolutely just thumped a 51 yarder that probably could have gone for 60 narrowly missed a 55 yarder he's going to be lights out from any distance inside that um and we need and jack bowmeister is a phenomenal talented punter and he even got a shout out from pat mcafee in the middle of the game i think pat mcafee referred to him as an artist with the rock in terms of punting. And he was, he, it was, it was, there were shades of, of, of um, Mitch Wishnowski, shades of Tom Hackett, the shades of those guys who have sort of made Utah one of the best punting programs in, in the country for, for the last decade. And I, I think the, you know, I think there, there, there has been a little bit of a dip since Wishnowski. Um, I'm trying to think of the other Australian guy they had who wasn't that great. And then there was another one. And then last well, year. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, have, they haven't had a real college kicker since, like, Matty Gay. Like, that. that's pretty much yeah. the, the way but, that But that, I, that I think they, they have they have a battery right now. And I, I haven't looked, um, but I would be shocked if there's any – if there's a program in the country that has a better uh, tandem of, of, of place kicker and punter. Um, Utah is loaded. And I, I think those guys are – are going to really bring some some much needed stability. Well, that's great. All right, let's wrap things up. This went a little longer than expected. Uh, I'll just say my my uh, big picture college football takeaway today was uh, Pac twelve as good as ag- as good as advertised. Uh, 
it will die. It will be no longer a thing that exists or that people care about next year. But wow, the conference looks pretty good. I ended up watching most of Washington Boise State yesterday. Washington's defense is nasty again. And Michael Penix Jr. should be in the same conversation as Caleb Williams and Drake May as a first round guy because he is a very, very good quarterback. And oh, Bo Nix goes out and drops 81 on some community college. So mm-hmm. pretty good. USC 66 points. That's like, are they every time they play a G5, they're going to put up 66 points pretty much, I think. Um, and you throw into the mix Colorado, which I know you'll probably talk about here in a second. Shadur Sanders threw for 500 yards. There's another quarterback. 510 yards. There, there's another quarterback. And early, I, I do not have this on right now, but Oregon State, you know, looking pretty good. You, you're a big fan of the Beavs. They're a 14 mm-hmm. three on San Jose State. And DJ Uyongalele, not a super impressive stat line, but. You know, it's thrown for a touchdown today. So I think uh, overall, once we hit conference play, SEC is fun to watch and stuff. But like people should be, I think the best conference, the most entertaining will be the Pac-12. Will they actually produce a playoff team? No, because they'll beat each other constantly. But it will be a fun year to watch the Pac-12. That is my big takeaway from week one. Yeah, I think, yeah, there definitely will be some cannibalism there. Um, I mean, my take is not, not like, unique or, or nuanced. It's not outside of what every other college football analyst fan in the country is saying. But what Deion Sanders pulled off this week at Colorado is is was pretty incredible. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to look at, back at this win over TCU as really one of those, like, career-defining moments where, you know, it really, I mean, Deion Sanders is on the map. He's been on the map for the last 30 years. But I think we're going to see him progress into this new realm of like being, I think he has a chance to be the greatest college football coach of all time. And I think oh, that, okay, that, okay, that, okay, let's no, go. I, I refuse to pump the brakes on this. I think when you like think about like how well that guy can recruit, he's, he's not willing to accept failure, uh, even from a group that he inherits. I mean, I, the what was being replayed so much on on Twitter and on social media was his first meeting with uh, Colorado, where he's like, "Hey, I would recommend you guys hop in the portal now because I don't want you." And I, I think he he's unlocked sort of a new form of misery for for college athletes in the sense where if you don't perform, you're 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 going to lose your scholarship. I, I have no reservations taking that away from you and it's going to work it he proved this week that it it can work it can work quickly and he's not going to be at Colorado very long it's only a matter of time until I mean I I've always seen him eventually being you know the head coach at Florida State his alma mater and he goes on to win or for uh, for that matter the team we just got done talking about Florida makes a lot of sense like, honestly, right. let, let's just be honest with ourselves here, Austin. I don't know how well this is going to go year one. I still do think there are going to be hiccups. I do think they'll win six games. I do think they'll be a bowl team. And I think that's a huge accomplishment. But if they're anything more than just a bowl team, if he wins seven games this year somehow, and Florida's sitting there at the end of the year with Billy Napier, like you say maybe two years, What's going to stop Florida from firing Billy Napier and saying, hey, Dion, we're going to pay you a million dollars and Colorado will pay you another million dollars to pay off the rest of his contract. And you just come on down here with Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter and we just start up in the SEC because I, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think long term Colorado is going to be Colorado and not be yeah. a super successful college football program. But I think this year will be fun, and maybe next year will be fun. But if this year goes too well, Austin, I really do think he'd be he'd be gone within a year. Like, oh yeah, hundred. Like I, I, I think if if you get a chance to go to a Colorado game this year, I think you should enjoy it for what it is. If you're a fan of the Buffaloes, 
And I, we, I know we have a ton of Buffalo fan listeners out there. Um, I know we do really well in the Boulder market. Hey, listen, most of my, most of my family, you know, my dad's from Boulder. I said that jokingly, but I, I just remembered. Yeah. That you most of my, a, most you know, of my, most of my there. uncles went to see you. I mean, I'll send them his yeah. podcast. It's, it's, it's go buffs. Like it's a, it's a, it's a Colorado year. that'll be on the ipad next week while utah's at baylor i i cannot wait to see colorado nebraska but i mean you're totally right like if you're colorado this is this is like an experience you've got to just like you're going to enjoy it for a year maybe two years at the most before he moves on they're going to make a lot of money selling his contract to to an sec school or to just someone at at the next the next level he he's too good he he he's he already proved that what the way he wants to do things is going to work, and it's it's I think it's going to be really amazing to watch. And and I think as they he'll he'll get those guys ready for games against Oregon, against Washington, against USC, and it's going to be must see TV. And I think they could win a couple of those. Alrighty, with that, Austin. I think we can head out. Thank you very much again for joining me. This is always fun. We will continue to do this. Until next week, Pioneer Pigskin, we are out of here. Enjoy the rest of the week. Football fully back on Thursday. It's It's a good time of year. Until next time, peace out. Adios.